Welcome back to Herald Review Outside the Box Podcast. I'm sports reporter Joey Wagner with sports editor Justin Kahn and St. Treats uh, athletic director, cross-country coach Todd Volan. Todd, first of all, in track. I, in track, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> and history teacher. In history. St. Teresa do it all. And bus driver. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you, because the first time I called you, it hit me, and Justin and I talked about it. What is with the ringback tone? Do you have a different one each day of the week? Yeah, there's one There's one for each seven days. Yes, I do. That's. How did you get? I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a, a master with everything, but <laughs> um, I just thought I wanted music as, as the ringback, and... I didn't really want to settle on one song, and so I just decided to do something for every different day. And I mean, a lot of it is more contemporary Christian rock, but I've got, like, I, I think right now, like on Friday, I've got The Cure, Friday I'm in Love, and, yeah. and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I, I know I've got some Eminem <laughs> in there somewhere, but I have to recheck it because Todd Rourke called me and he swears he heard the same song two days in a row. So, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be happy if that's the case, so i got to check my Verizon. Yeah. Uh, you know, Todd, going back to that cross-country championship run, state run of state titles you guys had, you know, I remember early on knowing that that was going to be, once you guys kind of won that first one and you looked at the roster, you said, this, is, this could be a, a nice long run of these. When did you when did you kind of first know though? I mean, you had to have known before you guys won that state championship. You know that first state. When, when did you kind of know? Wait a second, we're gonna win a lot of, of trophies. Well, I, I you know what I I knew we'd be good, and I loved what we had coming back. But I never, ever really thought, man, there's gonna be a string because it's it was so difficult and almost surreal to win one. And really, honestly, when I look back on it. I'm kind of upset we didn't win five because we only missed the year before by four points. But yeah. we were so thrilled. I really thought that year, uh, based on earlier meets, that we were we were in the hunt for third uh, because Freeburg was really good that year. And Winnebago was still really good, and they were coming off. Heck, they'd won four straight and, yeah. and, and such. So I, I'm thinking third. And, you know, we finished four points behind Winnebago. But now, you know, if you do the what-ifs, if you flip that, if we, we could win that and we win five in a row, that would be the 1A record. Winnebago has the record for five in a row, and we have four. And, you know, and how many points away were you on that one? Four. Four we, points. Four points out, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, at the time, thrilled that we got second because yeah. we were just hoping to trophy. And then, as you look back, it's like, oh, man, that could have been another one easy. But... Uh, uh, hats off to Winnebago. They they did their thing, and and now you know unless the IHSA gets rid of the success factor, a, a private school is never going to do it again yeah. at one A or two A because they're going to get jacked up. Um, but you know that's that's that. But you know it was a great run. But I never really thought, holy crud, there could be a string. I just that next year we wanted to win, uh, you know back to back, and the next year I thought. We had a really, I mean, that third one, I really thought, oh, geez. But Rochester was so good that I was, con you know, I was a little concerned. And then the fourth one, I wasn't as confident going in because we lost so much. You know, we had Rachel coming back. But really, outside of Audrey Vandekar, nobody in that top seven on that group had run at state. Right. And Monticello had beaten us at Detweiler. Um, the third meet of the season. Um, but, man, we just kept coming and kept coming. And, and 
um, Kalen Jurger and Bree Chosick and that group just really and Lorna Velti just started packing up and um, and then we just I mean we obliterated them at at sectional and then I was like okay <laughs> we got we got a pretty good shot here that, that third year in most teams in cross country you have two that are towards the top and then you hope the other three can just be around and then maybe you have a shot at something that year I mean what well, of, well, of, your, that, of your in the yeah like it's guys, yes in in the the actually the second year is when we had four all staters and our number six runner was twenty eighth yeah. our fifth and sixth twenty seventh twenty eighth we weren't quite that the next year but we actually scored less points because Ivy won it and Rachel got third right um, and then we had um, Megan Bergner I think it was fifteenth. And then Kelsey Weak, who had never run at state before, uh, and really was our number six, seven runner most of the year, had an unbelievable race and just missed. She got 26. She got passed right in the last uh, 30 meters by uh, Cassie Mundakis, who ended up being the three-time 800 state champion, is running at West Point right now. Uh, I think she was a freshman somewhere there with unbelievable speed, and she went by her at the end. But it was a great race. But if you look at those years and you kind of score it based on where they placed or look at their times, it'd be tough to call. I always thought the 2011 team was better, but if you look at it, that 2012 team's right there. And then the following year, you know, it was, it was Rachel up there, um, and then Audrey Vanekar was also All-State, but then we had that nice pack behind them, and um, it was enough to win that year. But, uh, yeah, it was – Certainly exciting, but I, I don't ever think I was the only time I really remember being kind of relaxed was uh, Ivy senior when Ivy and Rachel went through, and then you know, Rochester was really good that year, and then but our five went. I was at the half mile to go mark, and our number five went ahead of their three. It was the most relaxed I've ever been. I, I I didn't run back to the finish line. I walked. You know, it was an enjoyable feeling. <laughs> <to understand. laughs> you you know, you coached a long time. Did you ever think you would be part of something like that? Four no. straight. No, it, it was a thrill. And I remember at our banquet uh, in 2010 after we won the first one. Um, you know, I, when I was when I was growing up, I was a uh, a high school March Madness geek. I mean, my, my when I was in grade school, uh, my dad, who worked for a, a, a he sold business forms stuff. He'd bring me these big squares of paper, and I would divide them up, and I'd have four pages divide them sixteen for every regional in the state. And this is you know, there's no internet. There's not. You're, <laughs> I'm I'm getting my scores from the Panagraph the next day, but I would write down every score, and every regional and then WJBC every year would do a bracket once the sectional started and I would fill those out. So, you know, the, I always thought, wow, what would it be like and when I coached, you know, a state championship team, you know, and really coaching basketball at a really small school, that never occurred to me. You're hoping to win a regional. Um, so. When it happened, I, I mean, I really, I, I mean, I thank the kids and the parents because that was, it's a dream come true 
to have a team win a state title. I'd had a couple of individuals, I'd had a couple of relays uh, in track, but to have a team do it uh, is pretty amazing. And then, you know, from that on, those next three years was kind of gravy. Um, exciting, all of them, but it was, um, each is a little different entity in its own. What do you say to the girls on that third and that fourth year after they've been there and done that? Like, when you pull into Detweiler, what, what do you say to these girls after they've already won it? We don't say much when we pull into it. We, we have a meeting the night before at the hotel. And, um, you know, it, it's the kids are with me four years. It's a very similar message. And, and that is <clears throat> we're going to do what we do, and we have no control over what another team runs. We can only control us. But our big thing is always take a deep breath and look around and soak it in. Uh, because best case scenario, you get four chances of that in your entire life. I mean, that's, that's just a run at state. And soak that in and enjoy it. And then if we win it, great. Um, then that's another special experience being on the, the bandstand there at the back of Detweiler and going through that. But the big thing we try to get across is there are thousands and thousands and thousands of runners that never get there at all. And if you can get there, enjoy it. And for those that year, the fourth year, you know, Rachel and, and, and Audrey and, and uh, Kalen had been part of all four of those teams. But only Rachel ran at the state meet all four years. Audrey ran three or four years. Um, so enjoy it. And, um, you know, we feel like we're trained and ready to go. And um, so that's, that's the message. Um, we talked about, and I've talked, I talked to my kids about it now. In fact, we talked about it at our, our meeting we had at our track overnight trip is, you know, if I go back 10 years ago or so, I was kind of wanted to be the underdog and, and somebody, and, and really that changed. Uh, it's more fun being the one, you know. Okay, we got a target on back. All right, that's fine. But, all right, I'd rather be that. And um, maybe someday we'll get that experience again. But, you know, I, you know, I thank God for the experience I've had. And um, it's great, but, uh, you know, I, I love the kids I coach now too. And, and, uh, but it was special that uh, at, at, um, at the Hall of Fame uh, induction in January, um, I got to have several of those kids from some of the early teams and, and had kids that ran for me at Delvin and stuff, um, and they're not kids anymore. <laughs> uh, and um, very enjoyable to see them. Now, you know, there were several, or at least a couple sister groups in, in that with, with the Devros and... and um, Devros, Vandekars, Vandekars, and Jurgers. Jurgers, right. Yep. And, and, you know, and then, of course, you know, Ivy was with you four years on so the, the Handleys. I mean, just all those kids. I mean, you guys spent so much time together over so much, so many years. You had to really get to know those kids and, and those yeah, families. Yeah, and the families, absolutely. And, um, you know, I know Ivy and uh, her mom Liz were up at the, at the ceremony, as were the, the whole Devereaux family was there. Um, Kaylin was actually supposed to come in for Notre Dame, and then she had some things that came up and couldn't make it. But, um, yeah, you get to know them really well. And it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. Uh, especially um, for uh, the Jurgers and the Vandekars because the younger one in each of those cases was pushing and in certain cases going by the older one. And 
so that was that was the dynamic and and the Devereaux that them being there helped each one of them right because they and they love each other they are so close Rachel and Ellen but except for when they're running <laughs> because they want to beat each other and you know I know they won't mind me telling the story but um, I, I think it was Ellen's senior and Rachel's sophomore year it might have been the year before but uh, we were at a meet at Bureau Valley um, and Ra Rachel almost beat Ellen and I told Ellen I said you know if she ever beats you she may never look back and we had a small we used to run a dual meet against Taylorville and we were down at Manors Park down there and, I, and it was the very next meet and Rachel beat her and they had to ride home in separate cars Mom took one, Dad took the other, and Ellen didn't talk to Rachel for like two weeks. Now, Rachel never beat her again either. Um, but that, I mean, that was the thing. But that competition uh, was fantastic. And so all of those, credit to the, all of those girls, they handled it very well and didn't make it drama and encouraged and such. And um, because, you know, Gretchen Vandekar, her freshman year, ran at state she was in top seven that was the year before we got second i think we got ninth that year mm -hmm. and then never was in the top seven again and while her sister was and um she handled it and uh was supportive and was a great teammate and you know ashton pushed kaylin but that pushed kaylin to a new level like i said kaylin had never run top seven and then all of a sudden by the you know started her senior year at about our six seven and ended up being our number three um so those those are great learning lessons uh and they are great examples for other kids and other siblings um and a, and a great teaching moment for me as a coach on on dealing with those situations yeah and because there were years too where you you know well i think like ivy's senior year maybe when she won it but then you know, at that same time, I believe, um, you know, uh, the other, uh, the Rachel, younger, Rachel Devereaux was right on, you know, they were well, right. Actually, she's Ra been better all year, really. Rachel, I only think, I think Ivy only beat her twice that year. Yeah. Once was at State and I think once during the season. Because uh, Rachel um, won regional and she won sectional. And I'm pretty sure she won conference. Um, I believe that's right, yeah. But, I mean, they were always close, but, you know. And Rachel had a great race that day. Ivy just had a, you know, it was one of those things. And, and, uh, but it was, Rachel had to handle that. And, and, and give Rachel the credit for this. Because now, okay, she finishes third. She got passed late. And, 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 um, oh, Reagan, and I won't think of her last name right off the top of my head from Bureau Valley, passed her late. But Rachel really felt like, hey, going to senior year, <clears throat> This, this could be my year. Well, that's Anna Sophia Keller's freshman year. Mm -hmm. And the first meet we go to down at SIUE, Anna Sophia's there. And, I mean, she blows everybody away. And, you know, and Rachel and I had a talk because you could see it in her face. And I had a talk after the meet. I said, look, you know, if we're honest with each other, this girl's going to win state unless something happens. And I said, you've got to adjust some goals and remember – that the ultimate goal is still to win it as a team. And so she handled it very well. 
And, um, you know, she actually, she finished fourth her senior year, but her time was better than when she finished third. And she was actually, with 800 meters to go, I think in sixth and went by a couple really good uh, runners uh, to get in that spot. Um, so uh, that was, that's all on her to be able to handle that because a lot of kids would say, wow, what the heck. But she had uh, bigger thoughts in mind. You mentioned that you'd rather be, you know, the team with a target on your back versus the underdog. Now, you know, looking, you know, now you can look back. How is that different? I mean, how do you guys approach things differently when you know that you're aware? Like, uh, is there any conversation about it? How does that No, I, I don't think, I, you know, I, I used to worry about things like, God, are they going to get big-headed? Like, hey, you know what? Um, when Miles Split came out with the power rankings with us as one a couple weeks ago, you know, I screenshotted it and texted the girls. I mean, they should be proud of that. We're a good team. They've worked hard to be a good team. Um, so, no, it doesn't change. We're going to do what we do. And um, if if that doesn't motivate you to try to be there, and we also, here's the thing about track and field, right? I, I think if we had a meet with the top 14 or 15 teams in the state and had a meet where two people in each and, and score like a normal meet, I like our chances. St. Joe Ogden, I think, would be right there. Um, but that's not how it works. And so, you know, you can have one person dominate and get a trophy. You know, nothing against Warrensburg, but, you know, two years ago when they got third, I mean, they were fourth in our conference meet out of eight, fourth in our sectional meet, and then they get a state trophy because yeah. the great runners, you know, um, George, right, and – and um, and why can't I think of the thrower's name, Rob? Katie Young. Katie Young. Um, and they had some other – but that, yeah. those, that's a lot of points. Yeah. And so that's not discouraging them. That's how it goes. But we've – Charlie Brown at AM, Kevin Kramer, Chauville, and myself actually have it. We haven't submitted. We have a proposal for a state track team championship um, because wrestling gets one. wrestling is one, yeah. and, 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 and it's had it since the 80s. We, we've talked about this in the past, yeah. and this is something that and it didn't have a lot of support. It didn't seem like from the IHSA at that point. No, and I, I don't know that it'll ever, but it'd be a great thing to have. And, and you know, here's here's the great thing about Todd Rourke's teams at A and M. The years they won yeah. it, they'd have won it in a team championship. Yeah. I say that, but both those years we beat you guys them. Were, yeah, you guys were right there. Um, I think we'd have been both of I think they probably could have won. We'd have been there, but we'd have both been trophy teams in that kind of meet. Yeah. And uh, I I think if you had that kind of meet, um, we've been very blessed. I, I think we'd have been the trophy hunt the last five, six, seven years in a row. But, you know, it is what it is and so we'll we'll go down there and do what we can. But I, I love the fact that we've got kids that are pretty darn good, spread off across the events. Um, it speaks well for them um, and the, the effort they put in. Is there a reason why they, there isn't one uh, the team meet? I mean, is there a specific reason why that ever it came to that? Or, or? I, don't, I asked this year. I was on an ad hoc committee up there that we just got. We just had our last meeting a couple weeks ago, and and I just. The wrestling lobby in the mid '80s must have been strong. <laughs> uh, that's what I know, because um, I, I know the, the, I've been getting all these emails that, 
from wrestling coaches all over the state because they, in track, cross country, golf, they, the, the sports that have three classes, it's divvied up 33, 33, 33 is how they, 33%, 33%, 33%. Well, wrestling, um, I'm sorry, that's how wrestling, ours is 40, 30, 30. Sorry, oh, okay. I, I spoke, I reversed it. Wrestling has been 33, 33, 33 because they're counted as a bracketed sport, whereas we're cross country and track are non bracketed. Right. Well, they want 40, 30, 30 <laughs> because a lot of the bigger schools up north are saying, look, you've got these 1A regionals where the top four go to sectionals, and there's not even four people in, right. in, a, in a weight class. And, we've, and we need more equity. And I'm like, it makes sense, but hey. <laughs> I'm a little quid pro quo, but I think the IHSA is going to move them to 40, 30, 30, and that's fine. But I, we've got a plan that I think would work. Um, but I don't know if they'll get on board. Uh, I think what may happen first is I think the IHSA would like to maybe try to take over this Illinois top times kind of the unofficial indoor meet and maybe they take that over and make it a more official thing but I, I don't know um, I uh, I like how Randy Anderson runs it a lot and um, so I, I, I'd kind of like to see that stay but I, I think a team championship I, anything that promotes our sport I think it's great. It's not like I was the first. A group in 3A, a group of Tony Holler at Plainfield North and a group of coaches up there <clears throat> really kind of came up with the idea and, and for a while had set up, they thought they were going to do it just on an experimental basis. YHSA wasn't going to be involved. Sure, in right. And then it, it didn't happen. But that stemmed from five years ago, six years ago, Pekin in 3A boys, got third place trophy. One kid. One kid. Not only one kid score all the points, they only had one kid advance the state. <coughs> right. They got ninth at their section. I was going to bring that yeah. up. And, yeah. and, and, and other, you know, look, the girl from Breeze Central a few years ago kind of did the same thing, although they had a few others. Um, and, and I, I get mean, it. And, and that's the whole thing. I mean, it's like the team part of wrestling. If you can fill all those classes, you know, that, that's, that's right. part of it. You know, that's right. part of a good program. So it's the same thing in track. Right, it, it only really makes sense. No, I mean, I, I, I'd love to see it, and if anybody from the IHSA is listening to the podcast, <laughs> they already know my feelings. But um, <laughs> I, I, I just think it would look. I would be saying this, even if we, you know, didn't have a very good team. I, I think it's a great way to promote track and field, uh, the team aspect of it, uh, because people don't, they don't believe me, sometimes when I tell them that it's such a team sport. And if they say, well, no, it's really I say, well, you come and watch our kids when they win a team trophy and watch how excited they are for each other. Um, and so I, I think it would be a wonderful idea. Hopefully someday it will come to fruition. And, and shoot, you look at some of those, I, I think one of the things they look at, well, who do you invite? Well, do you invite sectional champions? Well, maybe that's the way. Well, there have been a few years where we might have been the second-best team in the state, but we're in the same sectional as A&M, so we didn't win it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there was, you know, three or four years ago, A&M might have been a second or third-best, and we won sectional, um, and maybe they don't get invited. There's no perfect way. Yeah. Uh, our, our plan would take uh, – there's <clears throat> there are uh, 14 um, sectionals in 1A, and we would take – uh, the 14 sectional champions, and then 
the two teams that didn't win a sectional that scored the most points at their sectional. Not a perfect system, but it gets you 16 yeah. teams in. And if you're in a loaded sectional and you're really good, I mean, if you're a really great team and you're really good, you could still get out. And then 2A and 3A would be 11 sectional champions. And then the five, the teams that scored the most points outside of that. And and go on Wednesday. You know, the meets on Saturday. Um, and then that Wednesday have the team meet. I will guarantee you there's some college tracks in the state that would be thrilled to host because brings yeah. people brings money in and brings uh, people in. And the IHSA, they're going to make money off that deal too. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, from from my lips to God's ears, I guess, <laughs> somewhere along the line. You mentioned earlier that you were a really big basketball fan growing up. Yes. Huge, huge college basketball fan. You, you high coached, school and college, yep. And, 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 and college and high school. And you coached high school. Take me back. What was Todd Volan like as a high school basketball coach? Not very good <laughs> early on. I, I got better. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, when I first got into coaching basketball, I, I wanted to be Bobby Knight uh, because I thought he taught the game and the way he approached the game, and the way he practiced. And that's what I watched videos of his clinics and stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's a little too much of that behavior. Um, that, um, and so that was, that was a weakness. You know, I, I got better over time. Um, but so I, I think I was a really good practice coach. I think our practice is really good. In fact, I think if you watched Tom Noonan's practice right now, you'd see a lot of similarities. Um, Tom was a volunteer assistant for me, played for me, was a volunteer assistant for me my last year. But um, he's head and shoulders above me as far as <laughs> in-game um, stuff and has put a little more time in, into that. Um, I think I was, I was okay. I think I, my teams competed. Um, but at the end of the day, when I decided to get out, it was a really good decision for me because it was, it was, if you won, it was a relief for an hour, and then you start worrying. I'd start worrying about the next, and if I lost, it was devastating, and um, my sleep and my health suffered, and really the most important job I have is teaching, and, you know, I thought... I was good, but I thought I could be better than that. Um, so uh, it was. I, I was a head basketball coach for 15 years, and assistant for five years before that. So I coached 20 years, and that's not including the time when I was like in college and coaching fifth and sixth grade and stuff. So it had run its course for me. Um, so um, too intense uh, in certain aspects, and not able to let enough stuff go. Uh, but uh, and, but I do think I was fair. I, I know the the former players that think I didn't play them enough are wrong. <laughs> I mean, I knew who the talented kids were. Uh, but and there's still a couple that wander around the streets of this city that, you know, 15 years later are still bitter. It's like, you know, get over it. Uh, if you had more game, you'd have played more. <laughs> So you, you kind of got into coaching track and field and cross country by by accident, if I read right. Yes, uh, yeah. Track was it was. Um, I 
I had I played tennis. I played football, basketball, and tennis in high school. And um, I, I did run my junior year. I didn't play football. I ran cross and got done with cross and couldn't wait to go back to football because it was just easier. And, and football's not easy, but it is just easier. Um, my first head basketball job um, was at uh, Scioto Northwestern, which is no longer. It's now West Prairie. They, they consolidate with Colchester. But, uh, you know, 120 kids maybe. Um, but head basketball job, I was excited. And, you know, if I had all do it again, I would have never taken the job from that perspective because I, don't, I wasn't ready. Thought I was. Everybody knows, thinks they're ready. But uh, after I'd have been approved by the school board, they said, hey, by the way, you're going to be our track and field coach. And I, I mean, I'm serious. I was, I told I said, you, you understand, I have literally no idea. And, okay. Um, small school, small team. I was boys and girls coach, but I mean, we had, I think, 12, 13 kids total, boys and girls. And I'm just, I'm trying to learn on the run, and I, I really don't have much of a clue. But we had a girl, um, Tiffany Morrell, who had won the state 3,200 the year before as a sophomore. Um, and I was amazed by her. I, I really was. And she wasn't, she was getting workouts from uh, a person she knew that worked at ISU, from some people at ISU. And, um, the work ethic that she had and the attitude that she had. And um, I really, there was a lot of lessons that she taught me. And one of it is, as an educator, you don't always know when you're affecting somebody. Because I, she went through that track season and she ended up winning state 3200 again. Didn't run the times she did the year before, but still good. And, and I was strictly, a, you know, <laughs> go fast, turn left and, and such. Um, but, uh, I mean, that was it. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. And, and she won and, and stuff, but, and, and, and I knew her, but I didn't have her in class and, and we had, you know, got along, but a year later when I was at Delvin, I, I was only there a year and I was at Delvin and, and they then the next year co-opted track with Bushnell Prairie City. And, um, she'd had a tough season. She had some back issues and stuff. She, she qualified for state, but I mean, she wasn't in the medals. And um, but she called me, and um, you know, I just you know, I told her I was proud of her and stuff. But I, you know, it was, it was something. Well, you know, I was really only there one season, and 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 she called me. Um, but if I backtrack a little bit, that year I was at Scioto, she ran cross. There was no cross team. She was the starting setter for a pretty good volleyball team, but she wanted to run, you know, as an individual. Um, so again, they came to me and said, "Well, since you're the track coach, uh, you can you can be the representative at the meets." So I took her to her first cross country meet, and that was, you know, that would have been fall of 1989. Girls cross country then they didn't have regionals. Girls and girls teams went straight to sectionals. Um, boys had regionals, and then qualified um so i took her to sectional um and uh and girls were st still only running two miles then also but she uh so first cross country race she goes and uh gets second place and qualifies for state so i take her to detweiler and in her second cross country race she gets eighth in state 
And as I, I my, my speech at the Hall of Fame thing, I, I, I said, I said, I'm thinking this is the easiest flipping job <laughs> in the world. You know, I got an all-stater, and I've done nothing. I drove to two meets. Um, so that, I, that's, that's how I saw it. But, okay, so we get through the track season the next year, and then she, she went to Michigan State and ran, and she battled some injuries, but she was all Big Ten in the, 10, in the 10K her, her uh, senior year. But um, my, my last year at Delvin, so it, which was my ninth, uh, I'd coached, I was head basketball coach, and I was also the head boys track coach. But really the last four or five years, I was – um, also training the girls that basically took the boys and girls distance and middle distance and, and the girls coach took kind of the sprinters and we divvied it up and, and such. But uh, the longtime cross country coach at Delvin retired and they asked me to take over cross country and I said yes and then I set out to learn about cross country because it it's different from track. Um, so did that and um, that fall, like our third meet, we we're at Dun Dunlap, at Dunlap Invite, and, and Tiffany had got a hold of me. She was graduated, still lived in East Lansing. Heck, she became a mortician. You know, she's like this five-foot blonde that became a mortician. It still blows my mind a little <laughs> bit to this day. But she got a hold of me and said, hey, I'm going to come home. Her, her father still lived in the Macomb area. Do you guys have a meet? I said, yeah. And So she came to Dunlap, and she told me, hey, I brought you some gifts and I knew what I knew it was going to be Sparty stuff because she knows I'm a line guy and <laughs> I'm not a big Sparty guy and, and stuff um, so she comes to meet and she was great she's out there running around rooting for my kids she doesn't know any of those kids it's not even the same school and uh, afterwards so she's like hey I gotta go here's this gift and and you know I could see it was a Sparty t-shirt so I, I it's in a bag and I Sparty t-shirt and some Sparty shorts and then I get the bottom and it's her um, two state cross country medals. And she's written on the ribbon, I couldn't have done this without you. And I was a mess. And, but it was such a lesson for me that I, I, I really felt I had zero to do with it. And she felt like I was pretty important. And um, so, you know, to make it the awe, a little bit of an awe story, and, and Tiffany and I still, I had dinner with her. Uh, over Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact, her and her husband. Um, when we won in 2010, I took my medal and uh, the state T-shirt that we ordered for the kids, and I sent it to her and said, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this either. So, um, Very cool. That's yes, awesome. so that's, and that's one of the wonderful things about uh, teaching and coaching, and, and especially coaching cross-country and track uh, in those sports. It, it's, it, it, it's different. Um, I'm not saying one's better right. than the other as far as coaching basketball or, uh, you know, the, the major sports. Uh, but there are some really wonderful things about track and cross country. I know you like it because, I mean, obviously you, you enjoy the team portion of it, but also the, you know, it doesn't have to be the star player who scored 25 points or, or whatever. I mean, it can be a kid who just ran their best time, and, and that can be sometimes the biggest celebration of the entire season is, is somebody who's maybe not even really scoring points but they, they somehow had their, their best race. Absolutely right. Uh, we try to make a big deal of personal records. Um, God bless Liz Hanley. She still does it for me, even though I, you know Ivy's now <laughs> out in the real world. Ivy's teaching up in Marah. Um, but uh, she bakes chocolate chip cookies. So anytime you get a PR, uh, 
um, you know you're going to get a cookie. Um, and, you know, we try to make a big deal out of it um, because it is a big deal. Um, and, you know, I, I have a freshman. She's our number four thrower. And, you know, she threw the discus uh, the other night at a fresh soft meet 60 feet. Well, her best before that was 42. I mean, she's not going to appear on the paper. She didn't want a ribbon, anything like that. But, wow, what a, what a great accomplishment. And so we want to make sure we mark that and, and, and know about it. And um, I love it. I, I do. Uh, and cross country, you know, because you're not always going to run a PR because the courses are different. Yeah. So we'll give them a cookie if they course if they run the same course at a better time than they had before or ever have, then they get a cookie for that and such. And so just something we do. And I know a lot of people do different things, which is great. But that's a great thing. And the other thing we try to sell kids, and it, it's a tough sell because especially cross country, it's hard. But, you know, there's no bench. There's no bench in cross. Uh, you're you're going to run in every meet. Uh, we have one meet, St. Joe Ogden, which only allows seven uh, and doesn't have a JV or open race. But that's it. Outside of that, until the postseason, you're going to run. You're going to be part of that. And, um, and if you can beat your time, what a great thing. And you're really racing yourself. And I, uh, that's a, it's a big selling point that we try to get across to them. Um, you don't have to rely on anybody else. And you don't have to, you know, it's great if the team wins, but if they don't and you still did your best, then, then you had some success and, and, and great things can happen because of that. So you mentioned you were the clap, run fast, turn left coach. When did, was there a moment that that changed, that you, that you kind of changed your mindset with how to coach track and cross country? Yeah, it really, it started. I, it's, it, it's still an ongoing process. And, and look, Marley McLeod and Sophia Thompson could tell you I, I, I'm of almost no value to them in the pole vault. Um, you know, I feel like most other things I can help some, but I'm also smart enough to know that there's people that know a little bit more about triple jumper discs than I do, and if I can get them to come help a little bit with our kids, I will. Um, but I'm not going to get in that ego game. Um, but I think it really turned, and that's an interesting question, um, probably the second year I coached track. I, honestly, that first year, coming out of basketball, I didn't have time. I wasn't going to clinics and stuff. I mean, here we go. But when I took the job at Delavan, okay, um, which when you live out by Macomb, Illinois, Delvin looked like, you know, Mecca. Because um, there was actually an interstate nearby. Was, <laughs> I'm familiar with Delvin. Right? Yeah, I, well, I mean, and it's not I'm like... I'm Macomb. Yes. <laughs> okay, so when I moved to Macomb, and yeah. they told me I was closer to Iowa than I, than I was to Peoria, I almost started crying. Um, <laughs> now, I, I tell a story that, I, you know, this is back in the days when you had the little dual cassette, uh, cassette the mini tapes on your uh, answering machine. Okay, and I used to like play music as my intro, and I put. Oh, it goes back that far, yes. huh? Oh, it goes back. <laughs> I, I knew what ringback was before they knew what ringback was, so um, I put uh, REMs can't get there from here song when I lived in Macomb because that's how I felt. <laughs> you can't get there from anywhere. Um, so, but when I took the Delvin job. The boys' track job went along with it. I said, well, look, if I'm going to continue to try, I, I've got to start learning some things. And um, I had uh, 
couple decent distance runners at the time. We didn't have a big track team, not a lot of great spread, but I really started reading a lot about um, distance and um, had some minor success. And then um, there were some girls, a couple girls who were really good. And uh, like in 2003, I think they got fifth in the four by eight. But right after that, there was a married couple, um, Mike and Lisa Miller, who were the girls' coach. They retired. And the person they hired in the teaching job to come in and be the girls' track coach, I mean, literally had no, almost no sports background, no coaching background. So I said, listen, let me, I'll take the distance because you start learning some stuff about sprints, and, and that way these girls that are pretty good aren't, it's not going to be fair to them, it's not going to be fair to you. Yeah. Um, and if, if something goes wrong, let them come blame me. And um, even though we'd had some success, I went to some other people and found out some more things. And so it really, by that second year, I was starting to learn more and more. But it was early on, it was more towards middle distance and distance. That's what we had. And um, then trying every year to learn something more about some of the field events. And, and I had a high jumper at Delavan that came in, who, who a boy high jumper that was pretty decent junior high. And so I really started concentrating on that. And he, you know, I was only there as freshman sophomore year, but hit by his senior year, he had jumped 6'8", and he was only 5'8". Um, but he cleared 6'5", I think, his sophomore year I was there. And, I, you know, I'm helping a little bit. I know a little bit. At least I can help some. So that's what I've tried to do. But I still go to a minimum of three clinics a year. Um, just trying to pick up stuff because I still and and our philosophy on how we train our sprinters is completely different now than it was three or four years ago. Um, I was going to ask: Do things change pretty frequently at all? In, in, in your philosophy? I mean, I mean, mine. I mean, it just to me, and this is what I tell young coaches: is you got to coach to what makes sense to you. There's a thousand different ways to train people that have been successful. But it's got to make sense to you. And I'm not a science guy. You know, I, I took two years of science in high school, and I think I had an earth science class at college that I had to take, and that was about it. And, and so I don't – these guys that talk distance and they're, they're getting into a lot of science, it just – so I have to hear things that make sense to me. And then as a history teacher, if it works, then I'm smart enough well, – Okay, not that I'm not willing to change, but that's that's kind of I look at. But yeah, our, our sprinting, um, I I I found some stuff that I liked about ten years ago, and we used that. And then um, four years ago, five years ago, Tony Holler and and Chris Corfist, who's now at Montini, kind of blew my mind with how they do um, because they really they don't run. Another sprinters run a step over 200 meters in a workout ever, and that's usually a few times a year, and that's maybe three sets. Uh, most days, my sprinters, if it's a workout day, they're running 30-meter flies and maybe three or four of them, and then you're done. <laughs> but we're running as fast as you can, and we have an automatic timing system, and we're timing them, we're recording them and such. And... Um, you know, one of his famous sayings is, you know, if you train at 100 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, 
seems all right. And if you train at 60 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour seems hard. Um, so, you know, the philosophy you see using, you know, let's go run six to eight, two hundreds at 80%. Well, first of all, what's 80% for a kid? What does that mean? How am I at 80%? And second of all, you're never going to run a race at 80%. Um, so our sprinters, we run fast, but it is low volume and, um, it's worked. Now we've had talented kids, but it's, but I think it works. Do you think that it's a perception where, you know, football or basketball coaches, all that, they know, they know their X's and O's, or, you know, cross country and track and golf to an extent or something. Like, Man, they've got some pretty good players. Do you think there's a perception among people who aren't involved that it yeah, is to clap and Yeah, football fast? coaches think <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sure someone will hear this. Um, that's all right. Um, there's a lot of stereotypical football coaches out there. Uh, they think that the world revolves around that sport. And let's say, hey, look, coaching football is hard. You got to diagram all, you know, you got to come up with, you know, how you're going to stop somebody's offense or, you know, what you're going to do against defense. I, I get it. All right. It ain't brain surgery either. Um, but it, it's different in track cross country. We're not, not that you're not game planning because you can race. You certainly have some race. I was going to say, there's quite yeah. a bit that goes there. There, there is some race planning, um, but but designing workouts and um, keeping track of those things is um, it's not it's not an easy job. And, and track, you're you're coaching ten different sports minimum at the same time, and planning five six different practices at the same time. Um, difficult. Not that basketball, playing practice isn't difficult, not playing football is not difficult, but look, if, if you go around to every school in this area and watch a football practice, how different are they really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're going to do a little individual. They're going to do shell. They're seven on seven. Nine, nine. They're going to do 11 on 11, and then they're going to do up, downs, and run up and down, you know, because they got to make men out of them, right? Um, basketball varies a little bit. It does, but I, I would tell you if you went to cross-country practices or track practices around here, they would look very different from place to place depending on how you're planning. Um, so it, it, all those jobs are hard. All those jobs are important because you're trying to mold young people. Um, but uh, it, 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 there is a difference. And um, I realize how hard it is to coach football, and I, I've coached football. I've never been a head coach, but I've been an assistant. Uh, I realize how hard it is to coach basketball. Been there, um, but if people think that coaching individual sports is easy, there, you know, it may be easy because some of them come out and do nothing. Okay, there, there's plenty of there's plenty of coaches of the so-called minor sports that hey, show up and let's go, um, and really that was me my first year. Um, but if you're going to do it, then it takes a lot of time and effort and energy. Um, and I, I feel bad um, about that first year, but I'm still in contact with some of those runners, and they appreciate whatever I did, I guess. Um, but the reason I got into coaching to begin with was, I, you know, I, as I mentioned, I was a tennis player. Um, was my spring sport. And I had two wonderful uh gentlemen that were my tennis coaches um, during that time, but they were basketball coaches. And tennis was kind of, that was it. And so 
you know, they came out and surprised took us to meets. And we were not bad, but we had some teams around us that were pretty good because those kids were getting more in practice than we were. Um, and and I, uh, I started coaching tennis at, at UHI, my alma mater, when I was still in college because I wanted to go back, and I didn't want that to happen. So, you know, really my first year when I was a track coach, I was really a bit hypocritical um, that I was doing almost the same thing to them as I didn't. Not that I didn't enjoy my tennis experience and not that I've, those, again, those were very good guys and educators, but I wanted somebody, or I would have liked to have somebody who was into tennis and and, and such at the time. And, and so, um, you know, I've told those kids from that first team, if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> you'd have been a lot better. I know that, but you know, and such you, is life. You mentioned that you know, as a basketball coach, you know, one of the things you kind of like about kind of being you know track now is that you're, it is it's maybe a little less intensity from you, but you're still for a track coach. You're pretty intense out there. I mean, I mean, you know, you're not somebody that I can just kind of walk up to at a track meet in the middle of it and just go start you know having a long conversation with you're you're yeah, you're, probably you're, not. you're you're focused and intense. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, I, 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 as much as I would like to, there's a there's a great. Hall of Fame track coach, uh, um, Dick Tucker, out of um, Rushville. Yeah, I, know, I remember Dick. And uh, Dick would just bring his lawn chair to the meet and sit in it and watch the meet. Because in his philosophy, and I don't disagree, I've done the work. <laughs> I can't go run the race for you, okay? I've tried. It doesn't work for me. Uh, it just I get too hyped up, try to be better. But at the same time, I... I me being a competitor and intense, I think if I'm not, then I'm, to me, I'm not fair to those kids. I, I got to be who I am, and and, and such. Um, so, I, yes, I'm. It's some of my, no, all of my OCD tendencies are coaching <laughs> and track cross. You know, uh, you know, I, I, this is what's got to be done, and um, I know it drives some kids crazy but at the same time I think most of them realize me trying to get across it you know it's because my job is to try to give you the best chance to succeed well if you're not warming up properly if you're not eating properly if you're not hydrating properly well that you're not going to have the best chance to succeed um, so uh, it's a two-way street and I'm sure there are many days where kids would god i just wish he would be more relaxed <laughs> i was gonna say do they ever do they ever say coach how come none of the other coaches right here yelling at me as i'm running around the track how come it's just you i just pointed the trophy case <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 well, what can you say to that what can you say to that that's I mean, great i i know there's coaches that have been successful and more successful than i have and look i'm successful because i've got great athletes but uh, i i listen I listen to my athletes, and I, and I want to try to do what's best, and, and I think they know I'm willing to adjust some things and, and try some things. But at the same time, if they're really going to question, I'm going to look. <laughs> Something we do works, <laughs> all right? Um, you know, so if you, if you want to go away from that, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's – I don't imagine you have too many problems. <laughs> I, you know, that's – it sounds arrogant. I'm really not because it's, it's all them. And then I look good, uh, but there's a certain way we try to do things, and 
and those things have changed. I mean, if you watch us warm up now compared to five or six years ago, it's different. If you watch, we don't we don't static stretch at all. Um, you know, we haven't before practice in years, but we used to after, and now you know we have rollers for the kids. They roll out, um, so there are you know they. I think most of them realize that. I'm not like, we did this 10 years ago, so we're not doing it. We don't do the same things in cross country we did when we won state, okay? Some people would say, well, that's insane. We still train very similar, but things change. Kids change, who you've got. So I think they do know enough that I'm, I'm willing to adapt, adapt some things. But there are other things, look. It's no secret. If you're hydrated, you're going to be better. If your nutrition's better, you're going to be better. Um, if you're getting sleep, you're going to be better. Um, you need to warm up at a track meet. Um, but there's certain things I expect. You know, our, our kids, if you see our girls track team, they're going to be in St. Teresa track and field apparel. It, it's not going to say St. Teresa volleyball. It's not going to see St. Teresa football playoffs or whatever. And uh, you're on the track team. And the, there's certain things that, that I believe in, and that those things aren't going to change. But um, other things can. But I, yes, going back to the original <laughs> question, as I ramble, yes, I I can be uh, pretty focused on track meet. But if I'm not focusing on them, then I'm really cheating them, aren't I? I mean, if I'm just sitting in a corner talking to a bunch of coaches and not getting splits or whatever, well, then how much am I caring about that kid? And it's the thing that drives me crazy about track. I can't be everywhere. You know, I, I feel like my throwers get slighted because sometimes I don't see any of their throws, and we're trying to video everything. And, you know, or sometimes it's it's a jumpers. And, I, you know, a meet last week, I missed the first lap split of my 3,200 runners because I'd been over at the high jump. And... I don't like that. I, I want to be at everything. So that's where track can be. You know, I know, you know, Bree Chosick did one of those, uh, what, what they used to call it, three, ten questions, ten questions. Right. Yeah, right. Um, Matt Hall did that. Uh -huh. um, and he asked, you know, compare cross-country Coach Voland to track and field Coach Voland. She goes, well, cross-country Coach Voland's a little less intense because he doesn't have 30 things going on. And she's she's right. Um, but you know, you try to manage somehow. I don't know. Some days I think I do, and some things, days I think I don't. But uh, I still enjoy it, so that's kind of the key. The moment I don't, trust me, you're not making enough money as a coach that if you don't enjoy it, there's, there's other things to do. And, you know, I tell the cross-country kids that. You know, I'll coach as long as I enjoy it, and also that I've got kids that are going to put the time in the summer and such, because I'm a huge college football fan. I've got season tickets U of I. All right. I'm glad to spend my Saturdays there, but I'll spend them at a cross country meet as long as you know you're willing to put the time in and it's enjoyable. So that's what I know. Todd, I appreciate you coming in and Rain kind of freed up the schedule a little bit tonight. So so thank you and good luck in the. No, I hope I don't. I I don't know if I rambled too much or answered no. what you need answered, but um, really appreciate this time. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much.